Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Has the winter season taken a toll on your tile, upholstery, carpet? Call Cyclone Cleaners, 570-726-6200. For all your carpet, upholstery, and ceramic tile cleaning needs, it's Cyclone Cleaners, also offering odor treatment and soil and stain guard. Choose the only cleaning company that supplies the water to clean your home and disposes of it when they are finished. Call Cyclone Cleaners to schedule your cleaning today, 570-726-6200. The Major Spoilers podcast covers news, reviews, and of course, spoilers, and goes into details about the topics discussed. So if you haven't read, listened, or watched the items we talk about, you might want to come back later. I'm Matthew. I'm Ashley. And I'm Stephen, and you're listening to the Major Spoilers Podcast, the podcast for pop culture and comic fans. In this issue, 2016 will forever be remembered as the year that sucked. But not all the comics did. Plus, big video game news from the 616, aliens, 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 and the Black Flame. Plus our kick-butt holiday poll of the week, 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 week. It's time to talk the talk, to walk the walk, and lament that I can't get a decent mince pie in Kansas, because the Major Spoilers podcast is on the air. Welcome to issue 706 of the Major Spoilers podcast. Thank you so much for downloading and listening. Hey, listen, hey, I got to tell you real quick, don't get too close. Because no. two of the three of us are sick. Uh, three. Oh, no. 100% of, of the Major the Spoilers podcast is sick this week. Yes. This uh. portion of the Major Spoilers podcast accidentally lost six pounds because I haven't <laughs> oh, had too. solid food since Saturday. Yeah, me too. I, I, I was, uh, yeah, I was surprised when I stepped on the scale. Oh, my. So there's yeah. an upside to being sick. So we will uh, power no. through this. <laughs> no, there's not. Oh, yeah, there is. Because what I've done for the last couple of days uh is I get so tired in the afternoon, I just, I, I'm like, man, I need to just lie down. Sleep. So I lie down on the Sleep. couch and I watch Rockford Files on Netflix. So it's all good. Uh, Ashley, what do you do when you're sick? I go to work anyway because I have to pay an exorbitant amount yeah. of rent to live in Los Angeles. Yeah, the show <laughs> must go on. <laughs> That's right. who's, a fan of, who's a fan of video games? I like the video games. Yeah. What's uh, what's the big deal with the Marvel versus the Capcom Infinite that was uh, just introduced? Ooh. I mean, a lot of people like, I guess, the uh, the fighting games, which is what this is. Right. And this is what, the third or fourth version of this game that's out? Uh, well, Marvel versus Capcom 3, I know, exists because I've played it. Okay. Marvel versus Capcom was fascinating because it took basically their their properties from video games and you got to play against marvel characters but the thing that was wonderful about it was that it wasn't all the standard ranch stash so you had weird people and at one point i'm pretty sure in one of those games you could play shuma gorath who is this minor demonic cthulhu type entity who fought dr strange mm -hmm. so yeah you get really weird interesting stuff i remember playing as war machine I want to say, but at War Machine, you had to be like the alternate player for Iron Man because War Machine was an alternate sprite or something. 
but yeah, basically it's a it's a fighter. So it's like your Street Fighters yeah, your street or fighters, your, your Mortal kind of Kombat's. But mm-hmm. I think the cool thing is, is it brings in all of these different characters from different uh, game systems and genres and right. lets you and, fight as Marvel characters alongside them or against them. And interestingly, if you play three, they actually bring in voice actors from the cartoons. Oh, very cool. Well, Marvel versus Capcom uh, three is coming back in March 2017 for Xbox One Windows PC versions. And um, you can apparently get it for PlayStation 4 digital download today. If you I don't want remember that. which one I played, but I played one on my Dreamcast. I, I guess uh, I guess it's fun. <laughs> I mean, these kind of games are fun to just blow off steam for a little oh, yeah. a little bit of time. Ashley, are you into these kind of fighting video games or none at all? Um, I could get into a fighting game because it's mostly button mashing, which yeah. means I stand an adequate chance at <laughs> beating it. Um, I did participate in a Twitter thing that was going around with, which was a list of all of the characters that we wanted to see in the game. Oh, cool. And, uh, uh I hope Kamala Khan's in it. That would be pretty cool. I know we, we know, Ms. I, um, Captain Marvel, no, Captain Marvel. Yes. Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel. Is, yeah. is definitely in it because that was seen in the main, uh, gameplay trailer. Uh, so we yeah. got that going for us. I would love to see Kamala. I would love to see Squirrel Girl. I would love to see Howard, but I don't think it's going to happen. You know, they've got a lot of offbeat characters that are considered Marvel's top of the charts guys now that would be great to see, you know, kicking the snot out of Ken and Ryu. Yeah. Uh, and anybody else uh, that they have in there. Haven't, haven't they had uh, like Kirby was in one one time? Isn't that what uh, um, Rodrigo likes to play? Uh, the Capcom characters. I don't remember if they had Kirby. I know they had Chun-Li from Street Fighter. They had most of the guys from, um, uh, what is that thing that Rodrigo loves? Devil May Cry or something. One of those and the, the half naked girl from dark stalkers. Was oh always yeah. 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 The cat girl. Uh, the one with bat wings on her head. Oh, all right, right, right. Yeah. I, know I can't remember about. her name like Morgan or something. Morgan. Yeah. Well, they, they did say, uh, let's see. Captain America and Morgan confirmed for Marvel versus Capcom infinite. That is for sure. But the rest of the character list is being kept secret right now. Mega man. I think mega man should be in it. And the guys from final fight, you remember final fight? Oh yeah. Yeah. Final That's, final mm-hmm. fight. Uh, basically you teamed up Hulk Hogan, Chuck Norris and um, the kid from double dragon. And you fought your way through the gangs of New York. Yep, which is, that was know, a yeah. fun game. I enjoyed that a lot. Um, all three of us got a chance to watch the invasion uh, take over CW last week, and it was a big hit. I squealed. Uh, Ashley, that's what you guys are talking about that this week on Geek History Lesson, if I'm not mistaken. We are talking about the best comic events and crossovers, of course, in celebration of Invasion. And that did uh, really good for the CW. Every single show that was in this had a season high and in some right. cases a series high. Um, yes, probably. Supergirl. Yeah, DC's Legends of Tomorrow. Uh, its viewership was up 80%. Good. Let's with, hope it with stays that, show. that way. And I actually enjoyed that episode. I, I thought it was really I, good. I thought it was really solid. I've been worried about Legends getting canned. Oh, it's so much fun, though. It is. Heatwave is and everything. The, the Heatwave is wonderful, and they debuted Commander Steel's dumb new suit, and uh, it's just fun to watch. Awesome. Yeah. Well, and the the costumes on that show are not the best, but the, the character interactions on that are great. Heatwave is great. Anytime you let Professor Stein cut loose and choose some scenery is great. Yeah. yeah. I, I kind of love that show. Do you guys know if the costume designer is the same for all four shows? 
I know Arrow and uh, Flash Supergirl, is the same costume designer. Supergirl used to have a separate costume designer because it was based in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. I don't know um, if it is. It's probably the same team because it's probably all in-house up yeah. in Vancouver. But yeah. I, I don't know without consulting the IMDB. I, I was just I curious know, because I, I kind of agree with you. On one hand, I kind of like the Commander Steel costume when, mm-hmm. he's, when he actually armors up because yeah. you know, he's got well, all the, that's the chrome a really, underneath. That's a really easy effect to do well and then like yeah. the low rent captain america i think translates less well yeah and that's the part well, that i'm kind of like um i know some some cosplay friends of mine who might have some good suggestions on how to improve that a bit all uh, the steel costumes are low rent captain america and the original steel costume from 76 and the one from 84 are both John just Henry nightmares uh, that he's not a steel He's another. Ver- it's. A, I'm talking about the Steel Dynasty, Ashley Hank. But he's called Steel. <laughs> <laughs> children, children. No. There's Steel, and then there's his grandson Commander Steel, and then there's their cousin Citizen Steel, who on Earth Two is known as Captain Steel, which is the dumbest crap ever. And I think he's back to just being Steel, the Haywood family dynasty, if you will. Yeah. The well, steals. I'm just I'm just really pleased at the numbers that this brought in. Yes. Hopefully that will continue on now. This week, of course, everybody hits their winter um, hiatus, hits their uh, mid-season yep. finales. Um, there so, was no new Supergirl this week. Yes, the Supergirl finale was their invasion tie-in. Oh, okay. okay. Ooh, so Supergirl's already gone to break. Yeah, yep. uh, Barry goes to break this week with, uh, with uh, Jay Garrick. And yeah, then I've seen I, people tweeting about the first half of the episode already and saying it's amazing. Some people I'm sure I have already seen week. it. <laughs> 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 and I watched what the original issues. So let's really quickly go around. What was your favorite um, bit from Invasion, Matthew? I got to go with, I'm going to call you Skirt. Okay, Ashley? Oh, man, though, like Heatwave heat wave and Supergirl's interaction and then Supergirl and Arrow's interaction, I think, were like two of my favorite parts. But my mm-hmm. most favorite thing is that nobody questioned that Supergirl was stronger than everybody else. Yeah. No, it was they, like, yeah, yeah duh, the girl is the strongest. Ridiculously powerful. My favorite part, I love- my favorite part was seeing um, the um, Super Friends headquarters. Yes, uh, there, that that's the an hall airplane hanger on the inside. <laughs> yes, the Hall of Justice. Um, my most troubling part of the episode was Heatwave not acknowledging that, wait a minute, you're Barry Allen as the Flash? Because up until this point, I don't think anyone <laughs> had ever brought to the his attention that... Canonically uh, explicitly said it. Yeah, that said it in the show that... Because, I mean, he came they, out they to... Captain, Captain I think Cold they said it in an so episode of Legends. Wave knew. Maybe. I don't know. It was just really weird because uh, Captain Cold said he was going to keep it a secret and he wasn't going to tell yeah. anyone, even Heatwave. And then suddenly, boom, there's uh, Barry taking off his mask and Heatwave's like, I don't like your head. Blah, blah, blah. Let's go kick some alien why butt. Why, um, why do you move your head like that? Why are you a bobblehead? What are you doing? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, there you go. Invasion. Go check it out. I believe it is still free to view over at the CWTV.com. Uh, at least it was yes. earlier this week. So you can watch all four of those episodes or... Really, three and a half of those episodes, um, if you really want to. Just thought of. What was that? What a nightmare it's going to be when they syndicate these shows. To no, try because they won't. They just won't. They just won't. Process. They just won't include those. Or they'll just know. every series will include all three. Right. Yeah. You know, the Bionic, the Bionic Woman and uh, Six Million Dollar Man syndication packages both include both halves of the crossover episodes. 
Uh, I'm seeing Jason just tweeting out something. Are we seeing the original 90s Flash costume in this Flash this week? Jason! Um, you're You're not seeing that costume. You're not not seeing it. There are costumes. Okay. I'm just saying, wow, cool. There are there there are good nineties flash uh series tie-ins in this episode though. Oh, because he's going to Earth Three. <sighs> Cannot yes, wait. And listeners, if you want to hear us, if you want to hear us uh, talk all about how awesome the uh, mid-season finale of the flash is, head over to patreon.com slash major spoilers. Sign up. That's the only way that you can get your personalized RSS feed. So that when we release a new flashback episode of a podcast, you'll be able to get that in your iTunes or whatever player that you use to subscribe to your favorite uh, podcast. Uh, when you do sign up at patreon.com slash major spoilers, uh, it does help us out tremendously and allows us to keep these shows going on week after week, even when we're deathly ill. <laughs> Let us do some reviews really quick. Ashley, why don't you uh, why don't you kick us off with Motor Crash? Oh, you were talking about this earlier. Uh, was it this week or over the weekend? How much you enjoyed it? Uh, I I did. I think I tweeted about it over the weekend. So Motor Crash is the team that we saw on Batgirl before Rebirth. Cameron Stewart, Babs Tar, Brendan Fletcher, uh, over at Image doing their uh, creator own series. And as you can probably tell from the cover, it sort of feels like. Hey, we all watched that Speed Racer movie, and because we're 10 years into the future now, we can all recognize that this was a good movie made well ahead of its time and is totally worth your time, and we're going to make a comic book of it, (laughs) but with a bunch of leads of color, which is super great. Um, I was not on board with Babs Tarr as an artist when she started on Batgirl, but I think that she's really grown over the course of drawing that book. And I think her art is amazing in this issue. It is so beautiful. Um, whoever's coloring her, I'm really sorry. I didn't, I didn't make a note. Um, it's doing a fabulous job. Uh, it's a beautiful, uh, candy crush, like nightmare. And in the motor crush world, uh, motor crush is not just the name of a race. It is the name of a substance that racers can use to enhance their performance. And um, it's the journey of the first issue is about this character's relationship with it and whether or not she is going to use Motor Crush in order to basically live up to her father's legacy. And they twist your expectations about what the series is and how extreme it's going to be and how violent it's going to be at three really key points during this issue. Uh, If you are going to write comic books, or you have a comic book series coming out, this is a really amazing first issue to look at because it never slows down and gives you time to feel like you know what's going on. Every time you feel like you are solidly landed in the world, it will change your expectations. Uh, it has a female lead of color who is totally amazing and easily the most stunning and kick-ass and most capable character there, which is something that we really need more of in comics and we're moving towards, so that's really great. Um and it's just super fun. Like, it's a very unique, well-designed world. But there's nothing here that is going to require you to read it multiple times. You're just going to read it multiple times because it's an awesome ride. Uh, Motor Crush is like, it's so much better than I expected it to be. And I like this team from their Batgirl work. So I'm so thrilled for them and then thrilled for myself as a reader that it turned out as amazing as it did. Uh, I am pulling it. I would recommend if you like the first issue to pull it as well, because with indie comics, it is super important to do that. 
Uh, if you don't do that, then sometimes the series can go away. And that's really sad. Um, I don't want to spoil it too much and go too much into the plot detail because it's not out just yet. Um, and I got it out of uh, Brendan Fletcher's generosity. So I don't want to ruin the experience for anybody else. Uh, but I would definitely recommend uh, going to your comic shop and picking it up the day it comes out or ordering it. Motor Crush number one, four and a half out of five slices of meatloaf. Oh, very cool. Uh, this week. It's so good. Out this yes. week from... Um, from Image Comics, right? Yes. Okay, cool. We will go check that out. Also out this week from Dark Horse Comics, Rise of the Black Flame number four. This goes back, I mean, we've seen uh, the Black Flame and that cult uh, appear in the BPRD and the Hellboy series for, it seems like, decades now. The Rise of the Black Flames takes us back to basically the beginning of the Black Flames appearance here on Earth. And it takes place in the um, 1890s, uh, you know, no, it was uh, shortly after World War One. So that would be uh, 1920s. 1910s, uh, 1920s. Yeah, 1920s. And we have uh, five adventurers, now down to four adventurers, if you've read issue number three, who are deep in the, uh, what today would be Thailand, Burma, uh, deep in the jungle, hunting this cult of the uh, the Black Hood cult, which they a lot of people think are the Thuggy cult, uh, but they are trying to figure out why they have kidnapped a bunch of young girls, what's happening to the ones that haven't survived a quote unquote test, and what kind of dangers are coming their way. It's very spooky. It is straight up Mike Mignola. Uh, it's written by uh, the stories by Mike Mignola, written by Chris Roberson, with art by uh, Christopher Mitten. Wow, this is something that if uh, later in the show we'll be talking about our favorite comics of 2016, this series definitely hit me over the head um, uh, early on with the first issue. And every issue gets a little bit deeper into this danger that they're about to confront. There's a problem, though. This is a five issue miniseries. They're into issue four. They barrel through story very quickly. Um, and with all of the little side stories, and I remember when, and back when I was doing this kind of sidetracks, the story feels a little rushed, but still it is really, really good. And the art by Christopher Minton just blows my mind. I really think we are getting, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that this is a successful enough series that what we're getting is a brand new set of, um, paranormal investigators from this group because it's it's really interesting in in the group that the, that it's comprised of you've got a, a former uh, german you've got an american you've got a french woman and you've got an uh, indian uh, from india uh, all on this team uh, one guy from britain has as i said earlier um, no longer with the team um, but i could see this going forward with them continuing on their paranormal investigations and fighting the black flame and other things uh, in the future. Really good. So worth picking up this week. Rise of the black flame. Number four from dark horse comics. I'm giving it four and a half slices of meatloaf out of five. It is that good. Nice. Matthew, what do you have? Oh, you have, this is great. I, I, I cannot wait to hear about this. <laughs> it's a crossover comic. Brought to you by the good folks at Dark Host Comics and the good folks at IDW Comics. Well, you know, they'll fight it over who's better. It is one of those titles that really sells itself Predator versus Judge Dredd versus Aliens. So, yeah. We, we've seen uh, Predator. Is, we've seen Predator. We've seen Aliens. Right? We've seen Predator versus right. Aliens. We've seen Superman yes. Batman versus Predator versus Aliens. We've seen Archie Judge versus Dredd versus Predator. Now Archie yeah. versus Predator. Now it's time We've for Judge Archie Dredd to get into this mess. Dredd has met 
the predators before. But in any case, somewhere in the Alabama morass, which is uh, away from Mega City One, which you may have noticed, Mega City One, I believe, is the East Coast. Uh, Judge Dredd has been sent to find an evil, mad scientist and figure out what he's been up to. And there's also a bad guy named Archbishop Emoji who runs a death cult, uh, which is exactly what you might think it would be. But when he finds the mad scientist, he finds that the mad scientist has xenomorph biology and has used the xenomorphs, the alien, to crossbreed not only uh, eggs that he can implant in another judge, but a xenomorph predator crossover beastie, which may have come from a movie. I don't know. Basically, it's a predator alien, a predaton, if you will, or an aliator. Um, there's a lot of fighty fighty. There's a lot of the blood in this story, which is probably not surprising. It's a story featuring these three characters, but it's interesting in that they managed to keep judge dread as judge dread. At one point he's trying to save somebody. The predator shows up and goes and kills him. And Dredd immediately punches the Predator in the face. Assassination of a judge carries a death sentence. So the hardest balance of this book, I think, is keeping everybody's characters in character. So I have to give them a lot of credit. It, it really works for me as a Judge Dredd story. If you didn't know that Alien and Predator came from a different place, this would just feel like another weird Judge Dredd story, like the one where, you know, the genetically modified Colonel Sanders is cannibalizing people or there's a cult led by Ronald McDonald. And that's fine. And then, of course, when we get to the end of this issue, and I think this is the important bit, um, Judge Dredd and Judge Anderson and a group of predators have teamed up to try and get back to Mega City One. When we find that the evil, evil scientist has crossbred aliens with creatures that one of them is almost certainly an elephant. So you get a, a, an, a, an alien elephant, an elephant, if you will. This is nuts. It's a fun kind of nuts. But it Sometimes you nuts. have to have fun kinds of nuts. Yeah, this feels like a 90s comic in all the best ways. It feels like something that was written with great abandon and excitement to just have fun with properties that may or may not mesh well. So in that, it feels like classic Dark Horse. I'm going to give it three slices of meatloaf. Just the hardest bit of it would be keeping Dread as Dread in this weird, out-of-place situation. So if you're a fan of any of these properties or the big crossover schmageggies, or you know if you just want to read something weird and fun with a lot of really dark and really dark humor in it, this is probably for you. Awesome. And that is out when? This week or is it out in a couple of weeks? Right now. Oh, right, right now, now, today, I believe. Wow. Head on down to your LCS, that's the local comic book shop, kids, and pick up uh, any or all of these books. 
that we have talked about because they're all out this week. There you go. Very awesome. And if you're wanting to find out what other cool things are coming out, then head over to Majorspoilers.com. That's where we have our new comic releases. We also have our Major Spoilers staff picks that comes out on Wednesday morning. Comes out just before your local comic shop opens up so you can print out our recommendations, run down to the store and say, give me this stuff. My local comic shop opens up. You don't know. I know. Oh, wait, the wrong holiday. This is the holiday for cheer and merriment and going to Jingle your... Jingle I've, I've got kids in kindergarten and fourth grade, and their yeah. school does this thing where, because it's a small gym, I don't know why they don't go to the Performing Arts Center or the auditorium in town, but we have kindergarten, first, and second grade do a half-hour program from 6.30 till 7.00. And then the third, fourth, and fifth grade do a show from uh, seven thirty until eight p.m. So I'm stuck. Oh, so you had to spend an hour, hour and a half. I mean, oh, I literally just before we started this show. Fun. I know, right? I think this is something we didn't think about. But hey, regardless, holiday season, time for cheer, and most importantly, it is time for the holiday television specials. Now, today with DVD and VHS and cable programming. Maybe those holiday specials that came on TV aren't as important as they were once a long time ago because... You lie! Back a long time ago, man, you know that the Peanuts uh, Christmas special was coming on 7.30 on Thursday night or whatever, and you better make sure your butt is there at CBS at 7.30 on on Thursday night or you won't get to see it for a year. Yeah. In fact, I remember my mom would go through the TV guide or whatever and she would highlight, here's when all the specials are coming on and we would know for like two weeks, here's when all the specials are coming on yep. so we could plan that. Did you do that, Matthew? My grandmother uh, wouldn't let us uh, mess with the TV guide. They were her for, for her collection. But yeah, we would make we would make a thing of making sure we knew when it was on and also Willy Wonka for some reason. But we would always make a point that we would sit down and I have three sisters and it's one of the rare times that I could occupy the same space with my three sisters without somebody's head getting knocked around. So mm. it was nice. Ashley, did you ever do the holiday specials uh, when you were a kid? Did you ever sit around and watch those? I don't know if we ever carved out specific time for it. Yeah, but um, but the if 90s. they happened to be on. <laughs> yeah, yeah and that, ah, but. And that, that is kind of a problem. There was TV Guide in the 90s. <laughs> well, but that's kind of a problem where, you know, you could go down to the store or you can go onto iTunes now. And you can get all of these shows and watch them in July. Um, But I'm curious. I mean, at our school, we would talk about which one of the holiday specials was the best one. I mean, that's one. I don't don't know what the problem is here. (laughs) (laughs) So which holiday special is your favorite? I've listed a couple of them here. Year Without a Santa Claus, Twas the Night Before Christmas, Frosty the Snowman, Santa Claus is Coming to Town, Simpsons uh, Roasting on an Open Fire. That's the uh, Simpsons' very first a special where they got uh, Santa's little helper, uh, Rudolph the Red Noose Reindeer, a Charlie Brown Christmas, and the Grinch who stole Christmas, or how the Grinch stole Christmas. Mm-hmm. Ashley, which is which one of those is your favorite? Peanuts, always the peanuts. They're the best. Um, I don't have a real person Christmas tree because I'm lazy. I have the tiny little uh, Charlie Brown Christmas tree because that's all I need. Does it does it bend over from the stick. from from the weight of one ornament? Yes. Yes, it does. Yeah, that, that ornament is Tim Drake, by the way. Uh, I don't have. I have a Tim Drake ornament, but he's with my Robin collection. He's not on the tree. Batman proudly sits atop our holiday tree. <laughs> I have a Captain America <laughs> shield and Wonder. I want a. I want a Starro to go on top of my tree. Oh, that would be perfect. Oh. 
right? Awful. Oh, that would be so perfect. Just buy a, buy a star topper and some purple paint and you can hook that up. You know, I, I like the Charlie Brown Christmas um, and I la- love the Vince Guaraldi music that goes with it. It's, it's brilliant. Christmas time. Oh, yeah. I have that on. I have it on compact disc. Oh, yeah. Mm. Um, my favorite, though, is the year without a Santa Claus. And it's the year you're that- the one. Yeah, I know. It's the, it's the, <laughs> I know, right? And the only reason That's another is, Rankin Bass. That's one of the stop motion. Oh, yeah. The Rankin Bass stuff is great. And, you know, the Santa Claus is coming to town, which tells the origin of Chris Kringle is really good. And Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer is really good. And, of course, How the Grinch Stole Christmas and, and Matthew's Dark Heart grew, grew three sizes that day. All that stuff is awesome. But the Year Without a Santa Claus has the Heatmeister and uh, what's his name? I'm Mr. Coldmeister. The Snowmeister. The Snowmeister. They call me Snowmeister. And they each have their songs. And everything oh, I man. touch turns, turns to, to ice, ice in my touch. Yeah, but it's the Heatmeister is the better song. I'm Mr. Heatmeister. I'm, I'm Mr. Sun. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> and I just love that because of those two numbers that those two do. And it's uh, it's great. So for me, yes, I'm probably the only one who voted for the one. a year without a Santa Claus. And of course, at the end of the show, all the little kids are crying because they're like, oh, Santa, we're so sorry that we doubted your awesomeness. And then Santa Claus comes back and surprises everybody. Yeah. Matthew, what do you have? See, this is a tough one for me because I grew up loving Jackie Vernon. Happy birthday as Frosty the Snowman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you come into my hallway with the pictures of the saints, you'll find Chuck Jones in the middle wearing a halo at my house. So How the Grinch Stole Christmas is an utter favorite. Just a beautiful, perfect 30 minutes of television. And I do love the Charlie Brown Christmas. Don't get me wrong. Charlie Brown Christmas has a a special place in my heart. But none of them will ever top Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And its story of no matter how weird you are, You'll find your place in the world, even if you're, uh, you know, a, a elf who wants to be a dentist or a crazy minor guy who knows all about a Bumble's nomads. You will find your place. Uh, you could have a big glowy thing on your face. And how can you not love that beautiful Christmas message? And also, you know, stop motion whack jobbery. So, you know, the other cool thing about um, I actually the, have a in it. Bass tattooed on my knuckles. Oh, do you? Okay. You must have yeah. a couple extra fingers then. Um, the, have... the other cool thing about uh, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, for people who are into horror movies, narrated by Boris Karloff. Yes, Boris Karloff. By the way, Rankin Bass is uh, 10 letters and I have 10 fingers. So oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. But yeah, the Boris Karloff narration and the songs by Thurl Ravenscroft. Mm-hmm. And people are like, who's, as, who's, th- who's, who's that guy? Well, you know him. He's the voice of Tony the Tiger. He's great. That's right. And he sings, you're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. Yes. With such a plum and wonderfulness. You can't hate that. Would you rather listen to the Frosty mm-hmm. the Snowman song from the Frosty the Snowman um, movie? Would you rather listen to Christmas time is here from, um, uh, Charlie Brown Christmas. You're mm-hmm. a mean one, Mr. Grinch, or I'm mm-hmm. Mr. Heat miser. I would say Christmas time is here because, uh, Grinch is a terrible earworm for me. It will stick for days. I will literally be singing the Grinch song well into February. Mm-hmm. Whereas Christmas time one. is here. 
Mr. Has Grinch. that kind of that quietness to it? Yeah. What about You're you, a triple-decker sauerkraut and mushroom sandwich with arsenic sauce. Your teeth are full of termites. <clears throat> Your head is full of mush, Mr. Grinch. Ashley, yeah. what about you? I do believe that you Ashley have a favorite had song. Oh, did she? Did she exit already? Okay. Yeah, she, she had, had to, to go and do a thing. She had to go and do a thing. So there I'm just talking. So it's just me and you, Matthew, which uh, is fine. Busy West Coast life. Well, man. we've got, I mean, we're all sick. So everybody's got things we're, to do. We're sick, fat men. Actually, look for, Ma- uh, look for Ashley. She is going to be doing, I believe, a live stream on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash major spoilers. Um, nice. Very soon. So if you are not already following major spoilers on the Facebook Head over to facebook.com slash major spoilers. Ashley's doing a live stream from, I believe, if I remember correctly, uh, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. A, um, uh, I think it's an art display that they have going on in Los Angeles. So it premieres this right. week and I think it's coming up this week. So be on the lookout for that uh, on our Facebook page. Bet you didn't know we had a Facebook page. Yep, we do. It's been there for forever. We also have a YouTube page, youtube.com slash major spoilers video. If you're looking for other content that we do, some Lego videos, some games, a whole lot more. Head over to uh, youtube.com slash major spoilers video. Our sponsor, oh, and I guess I should say if you're looking to cast your vote in the major spoilers poll of the week, head over to majorspoilers.com and cast your vote in the major spoilers poll of the week. Matthew, how does it uh, stand this week? Right now, Festivus, North Pole, airing of grievances. Right now, Charlie Brown Christmas, not at all surprisingly, leading the pack with 32% of the vote. Uh, The Grinch and Rudolph are tied at 24% of the vote. That right there is 82% of our people, which is almost half. Uh, 8% for Simpsons roasting on an open fire. You voted for. I voted for. I think, I think that is the. I would be the only one that did vote on that. Actually, actually, at no. This point, at least two or three people three have people. voted on that. Yeah, three people. One vote for. Somebody voted the for the night before Christmas. Christmas. I don't know. I never liked that one. It's got interesting either. voice. Uh, two for Frosty, Santa Claus. Sadly, the Mickey Roney, uh, not not people's favorite. I think it's a little obscure, though. Yeah. It's going to be on Freeform sometime this week, which is where I see all of my the night, the Rudolph night before and Christmas. Frosty. Yeah. Oh, okay. They play uh, Freeform plays all of the Rankin Bass specials. Uh, they just recently played Rudolph and Frosty uh, team up to save the world, and then later we'll get uh, Rudolph's Shiny New Year. Oh, Shiny New Year, yeah, yeah. Where where Rudolph travels through time with a caveman and a knigget and meets a giant whale named Big Ben who talks like the guy from. Uh, that one radio program. and we get to meet baby new year <laughs> yeah because of his big years yep uh let's see most of the comments are for charlie brown there is one for simpsons uh rudolph the red nose reindeer um well but red does no rain yeah um uh, christmas story as the best holiday special oh they don't count that as a holiday special because you know a christmas story is a movie that was actually in theaters it wasn't until Decades later, when uh, was it TNT yeah. or TBS got a hold of it, they're th- that they're like, yes. let's just run this ad nauseum and call it a holiday special. Run this sucker to death. I mean, do you remember when A Christmas Story first came out? 
Yeah, I didn't hate it. No, I didn't either. But I remember I didn't go see it in the theater. But I remember I'd come oh. to I'd come to class and there would be these one obnoxious group of kids that were like, "No, kid, you'll shoot your eye out with a BB or with a BB gun." And it was just like, "What are you guys talking about?" They're like, "Oh, you'll Christmas story. You gotta your eye you gotta go out. see it." And I was like, "Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I will uh, definitely put that on my list of things to see." So I didn't see it for like years after it came out. I think it was on HBO or something before I yeah. saw it. Um, and it's a fine thing. And I know it's become a holiday tradition, just like Die Hard has become a holiday tradition. But when we're talking about holiday specials, these were these 30 minute programs that the uh-huh. networks would commission to try yep. to draw in their audience during a time when they knew that they could get kids around, around the, um, around the, 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 uh, they the could old get Coke radiation and box. Dolly Madison to pay for the. Home oh yeah. Scene. Yeah. Oh yeah. And nothing beats. I mean, you knew you were ready for whatever was coming when you saw that CBS logo spinning your way. And that's actually, um, I, you know, that, that CBS special presentation logo, um, somewhere online, you can find this. That is actually the edit. This shows you how magical the uh, editing is. That wasn't an original piece of music. It was the intro of a much longer song and the end of the song. And the editor edited the music together perfectly to where it sounds like it is one piece. That was made that, that way and commissioned that way. That is amazing. Yeah, that used to terrify me when I was a kid. Really? I always loved it. I was like, yeah. oh, it's yeah. time. Music I could, and things spinning at your face and just, ooh. I remember I could be like, and I'm talking like three or four years old uh, when we lived in Kansas yeah. City. Uh, I could be like in the kitchen and I could hear it in the other room. Come on. It was like, oh, man, I got to finish and run to the, uh, the room that had the TV in it. So I could watch that. Or, um, if you're in the bathroom and you heard it in the next room, it's like time to finish up and go. Cause it's time. Um, oh, here's a uh, Tim says he has to weigh in in favor of the Grinch. Um, it's Good one Tim. that he says he goes back and watches every year. Uh, the story by Dr. Day. Seuss is one of my all time favorites. And within the time constraints of half hour television specials, this one successfully exhibits the spirit of the tale without being a word for word reading of the book. The songs used in this special are all original, so they don't feel shoehorned in. Uh, unlike music and some of the other specials on this list, the animation is underrated and simple, but so expressive. I love the contrast between the softness of Max the dog and the hard edge of the Grinch. No holiday season is complete without a viewing of how the Grinch stole Christmas. Agreed. So there you go. There you go. Listeners, head over to Majorspoilers.com, cast your vote in the Major Spoilers poll of the week. And you know what? There's still time to do some holiday shopping. Head over to TweakedAudio.com. Oh, they've got the cool stocking stuffers for you. They've got these great earbuds. Perfect for everyone. They've got noise canceling design. They've got all sorts of colors and styles. So you're going to find something for that special someone on your list. Stuff it right there in their stocking. Make sure it's the one hung by the chimney <laughs> with care, not the one that they're currently um, wearing. Um, um, exactly. That's that. why I said, here's the best price. Here's the best thing. Head over to tweakedaudio.com right now. Use the code major at checkout and save 33% off the price. That's right. It's a Christmas miracle. It is a Christmas or a Krampus miracle. It is not Thanks a Krampus to, miracle. To tweakedaudio.com. It's no. not a Krampus miracle. No. Isn't it Don't weird? Talk about the Krampus. Why are you afraid he's going to come get you? No, I think the Krampus is a weird thing. It is Krampus a weird is thing. like it's a hipster version. No, of, it's of not though. Everything that people love about Christmas. It's like, hey, did you guys hear about this other version that's on vinyl? You've probably never heard of him. 
No, the Krampus, if you go back and study it, Krampus goes back basically in the, um, (laughs) what? You don't, you don't know about the Krampus? The history of the Krampus. The history of the Krampus. No, this is like Germanic. This is Germanic tradition where at one point there were, and right around this time, um, Gosh, I'm going to have to, and some of our Scandinavian friends will write in and tell me more about this because I've completely forgotten about it. We talk about it. It seems like every year on Finally Friday. So go back to uh, the December shows from uh, from Finally Friday from a year ago, and you can find those on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash major spoilers video. We did a whole episode where we talked about the Krampus and the history of the Krampus and how, you know, this this um, Scandinavian tradition, how it goes back and how he's one of the the darker um, spirits of Christmas that go around yep. and punish people uh, for being bad instead of delivering presents like um, for that we know from Santa Claus. There's also another, the, the third one that nobody ever talks about because he's a huge racial stereotype. Yep. Yeah. So go, uh, go do some, some research or go back and listen to that uh, finally Friday from about a year ago, because right around this time, there's, what is it? St. Nicholas Eve or something where you set mm-hmm. your shoes out and you get them filled with nuts and money and oranges. Did you ever do that, Matthew? Dude, I don't know any of this stuff. No, oh, man. We used to do it all the time. I, my mom was just here. She drove all the way from uh, your neck of the woods, Matthew, to come out here and see this horrid Christmas show thing that our school puts on. Because she wants and to be put, part of the, she wants to be a good grandma. Put, she didn't put nuts in the children's <laughs> shoes. She might. You never know. I'm gonna have to. I I, the which, thing that I do love about the Krampus is it's traditional to offer him booze. That's yeah. nice. <laughs> yeah, and the and the big uh, Krampus festival that they have, and I forget where the Krampus festival is, but man, some of the costumes that those people put on are impressive. I think it's in like uh, Bavaria, Bavaria or Austria, yeah, somewhere around there. I think, uh, is it Jarmo that listens, uh, will uh, probably call me on Friday mm-hmm. on finally there Friday and say, here you go, but, uh, go, go check that out. And um, then do not, do not, do not Google's Varta Piet. Yes. Just don't. Yeah. Don't do that. That's the third one that oh. no one talks about. Cause he's, like I said, incredibly yeah. racist. Yes. Uh-oh. Um, Uh-oh. yes. It's, you know, Rodrigo's not here. He's stuck in traffic somewhere, somewhere Aww. in Seattle, somewhere in Seattle. If you see Rodrigo. He's, he's there. Wave at him. <laughs> He'll be the one with the beard. Yeah. You'll, you'll recognize him instantly. More beard than yeah. car. He'll be, he'll be leaning out of a, like a 67 Plymouth. I don't think it's a, I don't think 67 Plymouth. <laughs> okay, fine. A 59 I think he's Rambler. Got a Ford, I think it's a Ford Focus. <laughs> oh. No, no, it's not a Focus. It's one of those little, little compact cars. Did he have a Yaris? He used to have a Yaris. No, maybe that's what it is. I forget which one it is. No, it can't Yaris. be a Yaris. It was a Toyota Yaris. Okay, maybe it was. I know it is because that's the brand of car that I keep folded up in my glove box in case, <laughs> in case of emergency. emergency. If my car you can strap it on your foot. Exactly. And just kind of ride into town on it. Yeah. Well, uh, I thought we could start kicking off wrapping up the year by talking about some of our favorite things that came out in 2016. Raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens. And I thought we could start with our favorite comics of 2016. Now, this is not a. Not a top five, but just some of our favorite comics that came out in 2016. Um, The one that I'm most excited about, it actually started in 2015, but it wrapped up with a stunning, it wrapped up with a stunning conclusion in 2016 and is on my Christmas list. It's the only comic I put down on my uh, holiday list. I said, oh, if someone wanted to get me the omnibus hardcover of the fade out 
from Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips. That would be the coolest Christmas gift ever because this is a noir tale. It is in the same vein of the Black Dahlia, of uh, L.A. Confidential. And if you like both of those, this is set in Hollywood at a time where the studios are able to do whatever they want and they are nigh untouchable. And we are presented with this, not not a locked room mystery, but a lost weekend mystery where our hero is a drunkard and he has blacked out and wakes up next to a murdered starlet. And through him, him trying to figure out what has happened and protect his butt and his friend's butt, who is who has uh, been blacklisted by Hollywood. Uh, the story starts to unravel and we find out the deep, dark mystery of what's going on in Hollywood in the 1950s. It's really great. The art by Sean Phillips is always fantastic. Ed Brubaker is quickly becoming one of my favorite writers of all time. If you're a fan of Westworld, the show on HBO, he actually uh, wrote one of the episodes uh, for this first season. That was really good. Probably my second favorite episode of the year after the finale. Um, but uh, the fade out. I think is is really fantastic. It's definitely one of the best comics of 2016 for me. What did you have, Matthew? Uh, my number one is another book, actually. It's not a top five. No, this is not but a the, top five. The first thing about which I would like to speak, because I don't want to say my number one, because then it's top five territory. Uh, <laughs> for me, though, is a book that does carry over from previous year as well. But this year really hit a completely different stride. And that's The Wicked and the Divine from Image mm, Comics. Okay. Um, McKelvey and um, uh, what's his face with a head? Kieran Gillen, who is not Karen Gillen, who played Amy on Doctor Who. But right. It, it's, uh, it started out as this weird metaphysical rumination on kind of music and idolizing rock stars. And then it turned weird. And then they did a terrible arc. Uh, terrible in all the best ways, terrible for the characters, called Commercial Suicide. And they followed it up this year with Rising Action, which is, first of all, a really funny idea to call the title, and a point where these characters who are each given powers and are part of a, a metaphorical pantheon start killing each other and having this, this massive battle where they realize that one of them is actually and has been for centuries killing off the others. And it's just amazing. It's beautiful to look at. It's in, engrossing in storyline. There's a lot of characters kind of moving around, a lot of moving parts. And they managed in the space of one issue to take a character we had never seen and make us first hate her, then love her, then hate her again, then killed her off and made us pity everyone involved and just have this terrible empathy for this lost character that we literally really just met mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that's an amazing chunk of work i i recommend this book i try not to put it in every single uh staff pick but come on yeah come on it's yeah. the book that good for me uh, another favorite comic of 2016 has to be afterlife with archie i think we only got one issue in 2016 but oh boy it was a ham dinger it was, it was uh doozy. it was josie and the pussycats in this horrific world and they're not pussycats. They're vampires. No. And we get to find the complete Whoa. history of Josie and her vampire pussycats and how they have uh, uh, risen to fame multiple times over the decade. 
and we get them heading to Riverdale at the end of that issue. It just is mind-blowing. The art is fantastic. The writing, of course, is fantastic. If there is a horror comic that you're going to pick up and want to pick up uh, from 2016, it is Afterlife with Archie, a big plus on my on my list. I also have an Archie title. I saw that you had an Archie title on your list. Jughead. And this is amazing to me because, you know, in 1940, Jughead was created as just a goofy kid character. He was this goofy guy who looked like he had a jug for a head and wore a little cap on his head and ran around. And for years and years and years, Jughead was this running gag of what weird thing are they going to do with him? Is he going to travel in time? Is he going to be a superhero? It's such an outre character. And they relaunched him in the new Archie, you know, down to earth, vaguely realistic Archie universe. But they managed to keep all the elements of all the wild things that he did and tied it all together in a way that stays in that realistic universe and is funny, like genuinely hysterically funny. The first girl he ever finds himself having a crush on is because uh, she was paid by Pops Tate to stand outside the chocolate shop in a hamburger costume all day. And Jughead is like, why does no one think about the fact that maybe I wanted to spend my day hanging out with a girl in a hamburger costume? <laughs> this is Chip Zdarsky that does this, right? Zdarsky did the first arc. They've now handed it off to a new writer whose name escapes me. But it's still as good. It's still as funny. It's still as strong. It's probably, it's definitely my favorite of the Archie titles, the relaunched Archie books. It's right up there with Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. I don't know if it's better than Afterlife, but it's it's not that far behind it if it's not. I mm -hmm. really enjoy Jughead. I do have a DC comic on my list for 2016, and it's only no because, yes, uh, I would pick this up in the trade because the trade, uh, the story has been collected. But Legends of Tomorrow is an anthology series that um, uh, DC released this year. And one of the backup stories or one of the stories in the anthology was Sugar and Spike. Now, I don't know mm -hmm. too much about these characters except what they're a brother-sister duo that go in right. and solve crime Scooby-Doo uh, style. Uh, sort of. But uh, They weren't originally. They were they were kitty kitty heroes. And yeah, they were yeah. like little baby kids. Uh, in the Legends of Tomorrow anthology, they're solving capers that travel throughout the history of the DC universe. And the art by um, Bilquist. Um, uh, Bilquist Everly. Bilquist Everly. Fantastic. And the story is great, too, especially when you get to the I think it's the final one that features the Legion of Superheroes. You will fall in love <laughs> with that when Legion after Legion. I think after you mean Legion. the Legions of Superheroes. Yes, as I was say, with the Legion and Le upon Legion upon Legion of Superheroes that show up from different timelines and different realities. Ah, so good. Uh, so definitely go track down Legends of Tomorrow. Look for the Sugar and Spike collection because i'm pretty sure it's coming out in the next month or so but it was definitely yep. a favorite and had me squealing with delight in 2016 squeaky what else you got matthew you have anything else or is that your list i have a couple of books i have a okay. marvel comic okay. that is utterly amazing okay when it comes to comic book storytelling there's a lot of times when you're like oh uh this one is very artist driven or this one is very you know very much a writer's book and the artist didn't necessarily People make a lot of assumptions like that, but my Marvel favorite from 2016 is a book where you can't do that. You can't tell. It is so 
visual, so graphic and yet so perfect. Black Widow, written by Mark Wade and Chris Samney, with art by Samney. And oh my word, this book is beautiful from top to bottom. And it manages to do, you know, I've talked about my frustration with the only spy story we get anymore is everyone is evil and they've always been corrupt. This kind of gets around that, even though, you know, the that is the Black Widow's backstory. Everyone right. is evil and everyone around her has always been corrupt. But it's so wonderful to see the character out on her own. She has to make a break with S.H.I.E.L.D., the first issue, because of secrets in her past. And then we go and we figure out the secrets of her past. It's just gorgeously put together. And it feels cinematic in the truest sense of the word. Because I feel like that's almost become a shortcut for a book that somebody underwrote in some cases where it's mm -hmm. like the artist did 20 pages of a wacko fight scene and then I stuck in some word balloons, you know? Yeah. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Comics are a medium where you can get away with that. This book feels just perfectly crafted. And I highly recommend it. This is probably my favorite Marvel book in a couple of years. Uh, I've also got a Marvel book on my list. It's Mockingbird. I know we just read it recently, but holy mm -hmm. crap, that eight, eight issue series kind of kind of blew my mind. I thought it was a lot of fun. I thought it was uh, full of uh, twists and turns that I wasn't expecting. And I love how they took the um, what is it? What kind of storytelling is it? Maze storytelling or box storytelling? The, where you, the puzzle box. Puzzle box where you can read this these issues in multiple orders and still have and have a much different experience each time, even though they are all tied into one another is a really fun story. I, it's a shame that it got so much negative flack that it did and brought on so much negative controversy. Um, mm -hmm. But it's, it's still a really powerful book. Definitely worth ch checking out uh, the mockingbird. It's in it, the complete trade. Well, it's a, it's a trade in two issues, but it's eight issues. Go pick it up. It's a great series in 2016. Uh, also, as I mentioned yep. earlier in the show, um, um, from Rise, Rise of the Rise of the Black Flame uh, is another one that I thought was really good. Who did you have from Image, Matthew? I have uh, Monstress, uh, Marjorie Liu and Sana Takeda doing an interesting take on uh, Eastern metaphysical folktale stuff. Just really, really amazing kind of off the beaten path book. But essentially, it's uh, about a character who was raised to believe that she's a monster and kind of embracing that. Really wonderful. Hard to describe because it's so lyrical and so into a fairy tale vibe, but a really, really good comic, a really beautiful mm -hmm. comic. Mm -hmm. I also rather enjoyed uh, Kim and Kim. Now, this is from Black Mask mm -hmm. Studios. This is a uh, story about... Um, uh, two women, one's transgendered, one is uh, gay, and they are multidimensional um, bounty hunters. Mm -hmm. And they get wrapped up in a scheme that is so great that uh, you really need to check it out. I think it's four issues is how many it was uh, total. Um, the interesting mm -hmm. thing about this is I know when we're talking about LGBT representation and, and whatnot, a lot of times we see writers put that sexuality orientation front and center in the story. Kim and Kim does not do that uh, because it's like, let's focus on what is their job first? What is this crazy world they live in second? And oh, by the way, one is transgendered. The other one is, is gay. You can figure out which one is which Kim and Kim. And the art is really fun. I like this. Um, it's kind of a, if I try to explain it, it's, it's, it's hard. I mean, they're multidimensional bounty hunters. So it's like Rick and Morty meet um, uh, Steven universe. 
is kind of how I would (laughs) try to explain it. Right. It's, it's on the The one hand files across the dimensions. Yeah. Um, I think Matthew, you read at least one issue of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think, think I you actually liked, read too. Yeah. And I, I just oh, yeah, really I got a kick. It. It's a very good book. I really got a kick out of Kim and Kim. And if you can track down those issues from uh, Black Mass Studios, definitely do that. Uh, one of my favorites for 2016. Anything else that you have on your list, Matthew? Uh, there's a lot of stuff, but nothing that I can think of right off the top of my head. Yeah. I think that's uh, pretty good. Uh, Rodrigo had written in and said that. Year for yeah. Rodrigo said, hey, Resident Alien is always tops for me. Uh, Ether is another one. Uh, Sun Dragon's Song, and then uh, Hellboy and the BPRD Beyond the Fences, nineteen fifty three. I didn't have, I haven't had yep. a chance to read that one yet, uh, but I hear great things about that. So now I, I don't know if it came from twenty sixteen, but we read it in twenty sixteen. Sunstone was amazing. Sunstone is really, really good, good, and I would recommend following um, the creator of Sunstone on Twitter because Stepan Stepan Sajic. Yeah, because uh, nearly every day he's got new panels from the series that he's posting. And so you can check out the art and sometimes he, he shows process art when you follow him. So yes. Uh, and, and that was, we were turned on to that by, uh, Ashley, but yeah, Sunstone is great. Yep. And, uh, Stepan Sedgwick, uh, has done a lot of the Witchblade stuff and a lot of stuff for top cow. His art is top notch. All right. I think, um, I think we are both, uh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I am still feeling a uh, pretty, pretty cruddy. Uh, finally got some yeah. meds. Hopefully I'll start feeling better tomorrow. Hopefully Matthew, you start feeling better. And you don't have don't to, uh, yeah, go do that. I think we will wrap up the show this week a little early, but you still get an hour's worth of major spoilers entertainment in your ear holes. Well, actually, you probably get a lot more than that because we have podcasts coming out. Matthew, it seems like every single day of the week. Right. We All got, the time. We've got Munchkin Land. This week we're playing Munchkin Apocalypse. We've got the Major Spoilers podcast. We have um, uh, tomorrow. Well, we let's see. We won't have anything tomorrow, <laughs> but we have... Uh, dueling review coming up this week. We've got the flashback podcast. We've got top five Zach on film, uh, critical hit Wayne's comics podcast. Oh, so much to listen to and maybe some more stuff just around the corner. <laughs> if you want to see, and if you want to hear, see and hear, huh? Hint, hint, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Not a mean, not a mean, not a mean, not a mean. If you want to candid see candid photography, right? <laughs> it, well, I've got some candid photography and you can see that over at patreon.com slash major spoilers. In fact, when you sign up at majors at uh, patreon.com slash major spoilers, you're not only helping independent podcasters, but you're getting to be part of what we do. You're getting behind the scenes stuff. Uh, depending on your funding level, you'll get a cool membership card, t-shirts, original art. Heck, you may even get a glimpse of podcasts we are working on six months before they're actually released. It's all when you become a member at patreon.com slash major spoilers. I'm trying to hit 100 patrons by the end of the year, Matthew, so we can pay at least our server bills. If we can hit that 100 marker. We can pay our server bills every month. Friends, we we are can do this with your help. We are less than, let me look, I think we are 18 away or less than 18 people away as of this recording. Yeah. I know we can get to 100 with our It'll be like listeners. Mission Improbable. Dun, 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 dun. Come on, guys, come and join our spy team and we'll, we'll uh, I don't know, break into a motel and steal all Terry Benedict's money. And then he'll be like, oh, you think this is funny? And then Steven can be like, well, it sure ain't sad, Terry. Yeah. And then we can all walk up into the sunset while Claire de Lune plays. 18 away and you can make it happen. <laughs> 
patreon.com slash major spoilers. Schleicher's 100. That's who no, will be, guys. It's the major spoilers 100 because you All are the awesome the people major spoilers in the world. Yeah. Yeah. And that wraps it up for this installment of the major spoilers podcast. Thank you so much for being part of the major spoilers experience. We're going to be back next week. I think to continue talking about some of our favorite things from 2016, because we know that you love comics. We do too. And we will talk with you soon, providing that we're not coughing our brains out. Stop talking about comic books or I'll kill you. I don't care if the Hulk could defeat the man of steel. I'm gonna rearrange your face if you continue to debate whether Logan's claws could pierce Steve Rogers' shield. I just couldn't care as if they bring back Craven. podcast is copyright 2016 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC.